0: I'm Pastor Bill, your chaplain behind the walls at the New Hampshire State Prison. And I'm here to ask you what kind of tree are you? All right? Probably haven't heard that since high school. What kind of tree are you? But we're gonna spend a lot of time this morning talking about trees. Jesus said a tree, right? You'll be known by your fruit. Right? So you're not gonna get figs from a thorn bush, you're not gonna get grapes from a bramble bad trees don't bear good fruit good fruit doesn't come from a bad tree right but what if your tree doesn't produce any fruit what happens then let's go to Luke chapter 13 this morning you know if you claim to be belong to God in this little passage we're going to read this morning God says you're kind of like a fig tree then fig trees are are common throughout israel and when you read the old testament you'll see fig trees everywhere used as a symbol of prosperity and uh, in this parable that jesus is telling it's a little bit troubling this parable when i read it you know as i was going through luke chapter 13 and and kind of praying with the lord what should i talk about this morning this parable just kind of jumped out because i think it's important for every one of us to take a look at the mirror of what God is saying to us in this parable, and apply it to our lives. And Jesus, what he's doing in this part of Luke chapter 13, uh, Luke spends a lot of time in Jesus' journey from Galilee down to Jerusalem. In fact, he starts, I think there's 24 chapters in Luke, he starts in chapter 9 with Jesus going from Galilee and going down along the Jordan River, down through uh, chapter 19, I think until he actually gets to Jerusalem. So this is, you know, Jesus teaching and preaching along the way. And just before this particular passage, he teaches about repentance. And he does it in a way that's very kind of shocking. You know, I'll let you kind of go through that passage and read it yourself. But it's kind of jarring where he kind of suggests that, you know, do bad things happen to good people? And do good things happen to bad people. You know, that question that we all have. And basically he says, No. We're all bad people, right? And if we don't repent, then we're all going to perish, right? So pretty, pretty harsh. And then he says in verse 6 in chapter 13, he says, and then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. And he told the vineyard worker, listen, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it even waste the soil? But he replied to him, Sir, leave it this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it, and perhaps it will produce fruit next year. But if not, you can cut it down. And as you read this, uh, this parable, you know, I did endless kind of commentary reading, trying to figure out, you know, who's the tree, you know, who's, you know, who's the man and. And in Israel, there's a parable in Isaiah 5 that talks about, you know, God creating a vineyard. And Israel is the vineyard, it you was know, supposed to produce good grapes. But then it produced bad grapes, so God let the vineyard kind of get overrun. So as Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience, you know, they get the imagery. And a lot of commentators say, well, this is, you know, the tree is Israel. You know, Jesus was working with the Jews for three years. You know, and God is losing his patience. There's no fruit. And he's ready to cut it down, Jesus intercedes. But, you know, I think this is uh, more than that, because I think Jesus is speaking through time to believers today. You know, I think the, you know, the vineyard is the church. You know, God is the vineyard owner, and we're the tree, right? Because there are more passages in the New Testament where Jesus speaks about fruit and about us, you know, what we're supposed to be doing as believers, you know, it made me, you know, the question came up in my mind about, you, you've heard this before, you know, God loves you just the way you are. You know, I've heard that, you know, over my Christian life, and, and every time I hear that, I cringe a little bit. You know, God loves you just the way you are. And, and I, you know, I think, well, you know, is that really true? I, I think that's a little bit misleading when we say that. Uh, I, I, I want to be really clear about this. God loves you. You know, God does love you. Everyone here, he loves you. There's no question about that. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came down from heaven, right, off of his throne, willingly went to the cross to die for each and every one so that you could come and be reconciled to God. God loves you. So I don't want you to leave here questioning God's love for you. But does God love you the way you are? And this is what I mean. You know, in the previous passage, you know, Jesus was talking about repentance. You know, does God love you when you're unrepentant, in your unrepentance? Does God look down when we are unrepentant and say, I love that? Right? When we live as if God doesn't exist, did God say, I love that. You know, that's what I want for you. I love you just the way you are. Now, I, don't, I don't know about that. Right? What does God think about that? Well, in John 3, verse 36, Jesus says this, and anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Right? God's angry judgment. That's a tough verse. And in John chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus said, My Father is glorified in this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Now, not prove in the sense that you must produce fruit to prove that you're his as a work but to show hey this tree is producing good fruit right i created fig trees and this tree is producing figs right because god created us to bear fruit did he not we all love ephesians 2:10 everybody know that verse most of us remember that verse it's one of our key verses as christians And it says this, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance ahead of time for us to do. Now, think about this. God created us in Christ, which means that, you know, before we knew Christ, you know, God created us knowing that we were going to come to him, that we were going to be born again. And in advance of that, he created good works for us to do before we even came to him right? He created those good works in advance. Now, works and fruit, same thing, right? Metaphor, works and fruit. That's the same thing. God created us to bear fruit for him before we were redeemed in advance, right? So, you know, John Smith, God's in heaven. John Smith's gonna, he's just about to uh, meet Jesus. So, you know, get the barrels ready, because this guy's going to have some fruit. i got some stuff for him to do. Right? He's going he's to have figs falling off of him soon. Right? That's what's going to happen. Because God wants us to do something. Even the redeemed. You know, we talk about, does God love us just as we are? You know, does God love us just the way we are as saved people? So do we believe that as saved people, that once we're redeemed, that's it? That we can just sit back and, and just revel in that and just love ourselves. Now, I've heard this, too. You know, well, my family is my ministry, and, I, and that's, that's true. But Jesus also said that if you only love those who love you, right, well, there's, there's nothing, there's no reward in that. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love those who love you. But that's not fruit. Okay? So we talk about fruit. Well, what exactly is fruit? And I went through and you might, I found four types of fruit. You might find more and uh, feel free to go through the scriptures and find as much fruit as you can. But I found four types of fruit. There's uh, fruit of repentance, okay? Fruit of repentance from Luke 3, 8 and 9. Therefore, produce much fruit consistent with repentance. And don't start saying to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Or, you know, my grandmother was a Christian. Or, you know, I read the Bible all the time. Or, you know, I show up in church all the time. Right? For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. The axe is already set at the root of the tree. Does this sound familiar? Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Does God love us? Just the way we are. There's fruit of righteousness from Philippians one nine. And I pray this that your love will keep us keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ and the glory and praise of our God. You know, any time that you grow in the Lord, that's fruit. Right, as you continue to go and learn about what does God want for me and then take a step towards him. Whenever you learn, hey, what is, what's right with God? And when I try to be like that, God said, that's fruit. That's a fig growing off your cheek right? or off your nose or whatever. You know, that's, that's good fruit. You know When you go to Bible studies and you want to learn, what is Jesus like? I want to be like that. That's good fruit. That's God producing in you. Okay. Then there's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5:22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And these are spiritual gifts. These are things that God does in you through the Holy Spirit, not because of circumstances, but in spite of circumstances. Right? We all have people, like I said, that we love. You know, that love us, and they're easy to love. But what about the people that are hard to love? You got people in your world like that? Well, how are you going to love them? God wants us to love people. We need the Spirit of God to do that. And as we mature as Christians, God does these supernatural things so that we can be patient and kind and not be proud and boastful or keep record of wrongs. Right? As we obey the Lord, he gives us that gift. And that gift grows into peace. When you're able to love people and be patient, God gives you peace Amen. in a storm. Right? People in the world, when things get ugly, people go running around, going crazy, doing all kinds of stuff. But in the Lord, we can have peace in trials, peace in the storm. That's fruit. That's fruit from God. And then there's the fruit of evangelism. Right? When God created Adam and Eve, he told them to be fruitful and multiply. Right? When God had Noah and saved them from the flood. He told them to go populate the earth, be fruitful and multiply. And Jesus, before he ascended, he told us to go out and share the gospel with every creature, making disciples of every nation, Right? telling us to be fruitful and multiply. That's fruit whenever we go out and share our faith in the Lord. We need to be fruitful. So all this fruit that we can produce for God In every different way, inside and outside, we have the opportunity to do that. But what if there's no fruit on your tree? I want you to ask yourself that. What if there's no fruit on my tree? Now Jesus, when he was coming to Jerusalem one day, saw a fruitless tree, a fruitless fig. And it had its leaves, you know, look good. And the funny thing about figs is they produce several times a year. You know, two, three, sometimes four seasons a year. Sometimes even before they get leaves on them. So Jesus is looking at this fig tree. He says, he's hungry. He says, yeah, I'm going to get some breakfast. And he goes up to the tree, and there's no figs on it. So did he say, you know what, I love you just the way you are. No. Jesus cursed the fig tree. And it shriveled up because the tree looked good for fruit, but it was just leaves. Anyone in the church like that? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Because some of us look good, but we're just leaves. Where's the fruit? If you're a Christian and you're not bearing fruit, something's wrong. Right? There's something wrong with us. Because if you're born again, then you are made to bear fruit. Amen. All right? I remember when I was a kid, I didn't have a lot to do, so I used to play with magnets. Right? Did you ever do that? And you put the magnets down, and I used to hold them together real tight and watch them and let one go and see how far it would shoot against, you know, shoot against the wall. I would do it for hours. I wasn't very bright. I would just watched. <laughs> right? And then I would love to like turn the magnet over, you know, one of the magnets over, and then see how far apart I could hold them. once that magnet was turned to see the magnet snap back and connect to the other magnet. That's kind of what it's like to be born again. You know, God changes us. So that before we were repelled by God, now he changes us and now we're attracted to him. Right? Before we're born again, you know, we're walking in our sin and rebellion to God. Now we're walking with God and rebellion to our sin. This is what it means. God changes our, our hearts to be attracted to him. And fruit is a natural byproduct of faith. Fruit is what comes from, from being born again, from our faith. It's what faith produces because we want to repent. We don't repent because we have to, we want to repent. When we're out of alignment with God, we want repentance. When we see and read the scriptures, we want to be like Jesus. We want that righteousness that comes from following him, right? We want the fruit of the spirit. Anyone here not want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? We want that fruit. Right? we want to share the gospel do we want to see a dying world our friends our family languishing heading for wrath no we want to fill this place and bring a crowd to heaven with us because when you're redeemed you want fruit in your life James talks about works and faith and sometimes we interpret that badly because james is not talking about works or faith he's talking about works and faith you know what he's saying is if you have faith and no works no fruit then your faith is dead right because when you have faith there is a natural byproduct of that and that's fruit faith produces fruit Jesus said I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener Every branch in me that does not produce fruit he removes and he prunes every branch that doesn't produce fruit so it will produce more fruit or produces fruit so it will produce more does That sounds similar So it's not just this one isolated parable that Jesus is telling. If there's no fruit on your tree, something's wrong. Something's going wrong in your faith. Now there are some who have been coming to church for years. Maybe you've been coming to church for years. Maybe you've been going to another church for years and you're visiting today. Maybe you've been coming to church for years, this church, and you've never joined a life group. You know, maybe you've been coming to church for years and you've never prayed with our prayer group. Maybe you've been coming here and you've never grown with our growth groups or served with our mission groups. There are some of you. Who've been bogged down with things like depression sinful lifestyles unhealthy relationships fear addictions destructive behaviors and there's no fruit on the tree and you know there's something wrong Because you keep coming week after week, month after month, because you know there's something more. You know there's something more. And you keep getting worse the more you come, because you hear the vineyard owner say, why should I keep that space? For a dead tree. But look. In verse 8. When the vineyard owner is ready to condemn the tree. The worker steps in. Jesus. Our redeemer. Our high priest. Our advocate. Right? Right? Jesus steps in. And he says, Sir, let me dig around that tree one more year. Let me dig around that tree one more year. You think God loves you the way you are? Of course he doesn't. He loves you so much more than that. He loves you enough to drag you out of the barrenness of your current state so that you become a fruit-bearing living tree. If you're a Christian and you're not bearing fruit, today's the day that you start crying out to the Lord. Jesus, dig around me one more year. Don't stay where you are. If there's no fruit in your life, don't stay where you are another minute. Invite Jesus to come in and dig around your tree. Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus will come and dig around the soil of your hard ground. Some of us have hard hearts. Let Jesus dig up that hard surface so that the water of his word can reach down and feed you. Right? Let him start digging up just under the surface where you can see all the bitter roots that might be hiding just under the dirt. Right, Let him expose some of the rot of unforgiveness and shame and guilt and expose it to the light of his healing. Let him put some fertilizer in there. Right, You know what fertilizer is? That's that stuff that makes your eyes water when you drive through Bosco in a couple of times a year. Right? We need fertilizer to rejuvenate the soil. To bring it back to life. Only God can do that. It's painful. When God starts working on your tree, it's painful and it's ugly. I've had to work on my tree almost every year right? It's painful and it's ugly and it looks bad because you got to start turning your world upside down. And it's not like people aren't going to notice. People are going to look at you and say, man, you look awful. And what's that stink on you? Right? But then you just look back at them and say, hey, check back with me in a year. God's working on me. And there's going to be a harvest the next time you see me. Let God come in and dig around you one more year. And don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Now, I've been going to Celebrate Recovery for 10 years. My life has been under construction. I go in the prison. I do it there. Right? But there's a Celebrate Recovery meeting in this church every Friday night. Karen Johnson right there. That's who you want to talk to. Right? And I go there, and I got, uh, I got bad roots sticking out of me every now and then. Right? And uh, sometimes I'm stinking up the joint because God's fertilizing me and helping me along the way. And every now and then, I look behind me, and I see fruit. Because God is continually digging around me because I'm calling out to him. And that's what we need to do. We need to call on the Lord and ask him to dig around us and to fertilize us so that we stay fresh. Jesus said, My Father is glorified in this, that you produce much fruit. How do we produce fruit? Let me say something really important. Let me say something really important. I want you to hear. Because I know some of you have thought about this for a long time. If you haven't borne fruit in a long time. All right? If you could heal yourself by yourself, you would have done it already. Right? If you could heal yourself by yourself, you would have done it already. Okay? So it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You need the Lord. And you need the Lord's people. Now, it's Celebrate Recovery... There's a bunch of people with shovels and fertilizer waiting for you, right? Waiting for you. And they got roots sticking out of them too, so you won't be alone. We also have other life groups where you can be plugged in. We can get the nutrients that you need to bear fruit. Where there's fellowship and healing and abiding that helps us bear fruit for the Lord. You can't do it without fellowship. And you can't do it without Jesus. Jesus said, If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Now, what does it mean to abide? That's an old word. You need gray hair to understand that word. Come on. Right? To abide means to have that intimacy with the Lord where you're praying and reading and worshiping in such a way that God is right with you. He's not out there. He lives in you and you and him your world is centered in him that's abiding and if you're new to knowing the lord or maybe you don't know him yet start today abiding in him living in him because he loves you in a way that nobody else will or can and he'll never leave you barren and you will live out your purpose in him. I want to leave you with Romans chapter 5. And for those of you that have doubts, you need to circle this passage because it's so awesome. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 6. For at just the right time, While we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God proves his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath through him? For if, while we were his enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Now, last week, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus didn't just die for you, did he? Right? Jesus was raised to life for you, making a place for you, and someday he's going to return for you. That's how much Jesus loves you. Don't ever think God loves you the way you are. Right? God loves you so much more. And He wants you to produce fruit so that you have an awesome, full life in Him. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.